Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I do hope you've had a great week. Mine wasn't too bad. However, this weekend, basically last weekend, our AC stopped pumping cold air, and this weekend it did the same thing. So it seems like our Freon might have a leak somewhere. Uh, I don't know if they're going to fix it today or tomorrow, um, but you can pray for that. All that can be taken care of. I prefer if they just replace the AC with the proper AC and all that because it, it did get a little warm yesterday and it's still it's starting a little bit warm right now i can feel that the temperature changed a lot um plus it's also the, more the hottest point of the day so anyway this week guys um i do need prayer I'm still trying to find a rental um we do have people that are trying to help us find the right place however we're looking for one that we're, one we're looking for renting a house because we want to have the space we need the supply also we, I do think God's going to have things start planting up there. I don't know where exactly, if there's a specific town. However, wherever we rent, it's going to get started there, if that, if that makes sense. So pray for that. Secondly, um, all the moving stuff got taken care of. Um, we were able to move it somehow. We were able to get the days... Of when we're actually able to leave because we found out we can't leave until the 29th anyway um it worked out because when my wife first looked it was nothing there and we were just so frustrated and just like man we're gonna have to like start looking again and then like literally about 15 maybe 20 minutes later she goes back to look and suddenly that weekend is open so praise god for that the hard part is going to be we won't have any of our stuff on Friday or technically Thursday night. So we're going to have to rent or not rent, uh, probably find a hotel Thursday, Friday night, and then Saturday night and leave Sunday because uh, we tried sleeping on the floor before. We didn't have much of anything here and my back was bad and I can't have a bad back while driving. Otherwise, um, it's going to be really uncomfortable. And we have a 12-hour drive. So I am not going to be driving straight through. But it is, you know, I just, I want my back to not feel like I can't sit. And I, I need good sleep. So anyway, um, airbeds don't usually work very well for me. Um, I've, I've used them in the past. And I end up falling off in some cases. Or it's just it's just not helping my back very well. Uh, it's like, you know, after getting hurt, it does make it really hard to find the right softness of rest. So anyway, so that's kind of the updated stuff going on. Um, so we're still here for a little bit longer. Uh, Lord willing, everything will work out. So this week, what we're going to talk about is still in Matthew 5. We're going to the next verse, which is verse 9. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. A lot of times when we think of the word peace, and, and a lot of Christians seem to tend to think this way, it's always like just no chaos, no war, peace, everybody gets along, everybody loves each other, you just need to love more. It's usually like the common way of how people describe it. However, the one thing I've learned about peace is a lot of times it's living in peace through the chaos, the war, the problems, and not being perfect, like a utopia. And it's always interesting because if you go and take the Hebrew understanding of the word peace, it comes from the word shalom. 
and Shalom is used quite often. You see them in TV shows. My favorite show, NCIS, um, Agent Ziva David. Uh, she, you know, she would use that all the time. You know, anytime that was dealing with the Israeli uh, connection with her dad or uh, some of the other groups. You got to hear Shalom all the time. And basically what it's, it, it, it was used as a personal or a community greeting or goodbye, kind of wishing them well. You're basically wishing someone well. In some cases, some people might use blessing their day or, you know, like have a good day. Like, it's nice to see you. You know, how are you doing? Like, it's, it's kind of like that greeting. Cause it's like, you're, you're, you're telling them, you know, I'm approaching you peacefully and I'm leaving you peacefully, right? So now the question is, what does that mean for us today? What does verse 9 mean? A peacemaker. What is a peacemaker? Well, the idea of a peacemaker is someone who has a desire to walk with God in peace. Being peaceful to others. Being peaceful to our enemies. Being peaceful to people we don't like. Being peaceful just with our community. What is the understanding of peace? We have to start with the understanding that if it's wishing someone well, that means you're not wishing them unwell. <laughs> In other words, not wish, wishing the worse. And how often do we wish others bad things because of what stuff they've done to us? Now, I see it all the time in Facebook and people's responses and how they respond because people are not well a lot of times it's because people tend to only want your relationship when they need something and so you get to see the aftermath feelings of people's feelings on facebook you know using every cuss word in the world and saying you know people are just horrible the thing is that's the thing is the only person that you can completely trust your everything to is Jesus. But what does it mean for us to be peacemakers? Well, one is because we recognize that sin nature that we once had being enslaved to sin because sin creates chaos and war. It creates selfish desire. It creates all the sinless that you can imagine. It creates everything evil that's in us but we have peace knowing because that is a part of our past it doesn't have to it's not us anymore because of what Christ did because he died for us because he beat sin because he defeated death because we don't have to go to hell now because we have Christ who saved us and he became our debt for what our sin was supposed to be for us. We have peace in knowing that. And a lot of times when we saw in scripture <clears throat> be be at peace, you know, Paul was basically saying, know that God, what Christ has done, you can be at peace. When I see you, be at peace because of what Christ has done for us. Be at peace as I leave you because you know what Christ has done. It's a reminder over and over again what Christ has done. And this throws in why we 
need to be understanding that that peace that we gain is because of the change that we have gained from Christ allows us to treat others the way we're supposed to. Being faster at forgiving others, showing love faster, being kind, gentle, patient, long-suffering. You, you know that we all struggle with that. You know that we, we have that fight in our head that things just don't work out. And so when things don't work out, we want to just respond quickly at attacking or negative. Um, we want to just take everything that's bottled up and throw it out to people because we want people to side with us. That is the tendency that we run to. However, I don't find it bad if you need to vent with somebody. Just be mindful of how you're venting. Because venting can also turn into changing people's opinions of others in the wrong way. But it doesn't mean you don't be honest when you need to be honest about things. And it doesn't mean you don't confront when you need to confront. Okay? But this is the other problem I'm also seeing. We, we have that view issue, but the other issue I also see, this is where the activist mindset that comes into our Christian ideology gets messy. Because in people's minds, they take the worldview idea that came from the 1970s, as, as many of you know, if you study your, your history, you know that there was a lot of issues that came in the 1960s and 70s, you know, fighting the man, um, you know, peace meant no war, you know, treating army people like crap for going to war and killing people and, and treating them so bad that the Vietnam veterans that came back got treated like trash. You know, many of them still struggle today who barely make ends meet because they were treated as if that war never happened and treated as if what they did by choosing and honoring this country is wrong. But guess what? That mindset is back again. It's here. All cops are evil. Military is evil. Anything to do with guns is evil. And the thing is, it's like they're, they're taking this activist mindset and throwing it into the biblical one saying that, you know, Jesus wouldn't do this, wouldn't do that. And the whole, the whole thing is they're reinventing a new Jesus up behind this ideology. And that doesn't even include the people I see that are text typing social media heroes that get out there and they're trying to get on all these hills and they're trying to, you know, so-called defend the faith. But then they destroy any form of relationship. They they win their so-called fights. They stand up for truth, get kicked out of the, the conversation. And then you start seeing, see, Christians are evil. Look how Christians treat other people. Because this is the key thing. Living in peace with God means we're supposed to be living in peace with others. Now, I'm not saying we're supposed to cow out of standing up for the faith because we know that is vital someone's coming at you trying to break down the faith that you stand for you can defend it however if we're going to look for the fights then we we're misunderstanding the idea of being peaceful i think it's great if someone's willing to talk with you about things and have discussions do it 
However, if you're running around looking just to attack everybody who's not being your version of biblical ideology and trying to prove them looking, make them look bad, make them look like they're trash and treat them really badly, whether it's another believer too, because I see this believer on believer. Mostly, I see this problem is with another believer towards another believer. However, there's a difference when someone is abusing, misusing scripture or, or trying to mix ideologies that are outside of the scriptures and trying to bring it into the scriptures to use it for their platform and just call, and then they just kind of point out, oh, you're just old school. Even though in biblical speaking, you have to be really careful about what you bring in because like it's the same thing with psychology. Psychology is not built upon biblical ideology. It's built upon humanism and other religions and other views and also theory. But yet we treat it as if it's all fact. And you have to be really careful because not everything they're teaching is a fact. And not everything they're teaching is going to fit scripture by any means. And you have to be really careful when people are like... Well, you know, I just do it the Christian way. Well, there is a Christian way. The Bible has a lot of the Christian way that you can do. It doesn't mean that there's not techniques that you could find in psychology to help with counseling others. I, I'm all for that. And I do think that there is mental issues that are affected by the brain and, and disconnection of the chemistry between the brain and the body. So I'm not denying that there's no mental cases. However, when you start making mental cases even for sin issues... That's when I have a problem. So we are supposed to stand up for truth. However, as Christians, we're supposed to be living in peace because we know the truth. We know what Christ did. We know what it's like to still even fail after being saved. We know what it's like to struggle with sins, anger, hurt, frustrations, abuse. So why not live our lives as such that it represents the Bible and Jesus? Because that's what people are going to see. That's what they're going to notice. The way you talk, the way you act, the way you believe. If it's following the scriptures, they're going to see Jesus in you. And that's what we want them to know. We want them to come up and say, why are you so different? I'm going to take a quick break. So continuing... Um, going back to Romans 12, 9 through 21. Something I, I've used a few times, but it is something that I think is very important to understand. It says, let love be genuine. Adhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Now, mind you, you must understand this is towards Christian to Christian. That's what that brotherly affection is about, okay? Continue out, do one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. 
and tribute to needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Okay, this is towards one another as believers. Verse 14, bless those who persecute. Now we're talking about people, enemies, people we don't like, people we don't get along with. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Now this could be anyone. Someone comes and says, I just got a scholarship or I'm pregnant or I have, you know, I got uh, my degree or, you know, I got this job or I got this car. Rejoice with them because it's, it's great to see people being able to succeed doing things right and having things happen to them because they need to know because they may have been struggling in their hearts. You know, we always assume like, well, you know, I haven't had any kids yet. And so, you know, other people have kids and now I feel bad. And they, it seems like to me, I'm not saying this is me, but I'm saying like people have said this. It seems like to me, like when they're showering me with all these pictures and stuff, it's almost like it's a mockery. And, and the idea is that they may not be doing that for that. They're just doing it because of how excited they are that they've been blessed with a child. Same with the job. Same with you. If you're the brother who, you know, work your butt off and you're still not getting paid hardly at all. And your little brother goes and he's suddenly, you know, making the big bucks. And it feels like all the hard work you did was for nothing because you're not getting anywhere. You see, that's jealousy. It's also envying, and that that can that can easily jump into being sinful. If we're not careful. Then it says, "Weep with those who weep." It's okay. Someone's hurting. Hurt with them. You don't have to say a word. Just hurt with them. They lost their mom. They lost their dad. Hurt with them. Because it's the comfort that they need from that. Live in harmony with one another. Now, this is the thing is, it's not only this in this case. Now, it's not only just with believers. It's actually with everybody live in harmony with one another. Now, this does not mean you're not going to have it does not mean you're going to have zero issues. I'm going to be clear with that. It just means seek out wanting to be in harmony with your community, with people around you, with, you know, anybody, believers, whatever your church be in harmony the best you can. It says, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. So in other words, live honorably. That's living upright, good character. It's not just for the pastors, not just for the deacons. It's not just for the elders in your church. It's for you as the man of your household. doesn't matter if you're leading a bunch of other men. doesn't mean if it doesn't matter if you're not a pastor. You're supposed to live your life honorable. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. It tells you it's not, oh, it's not always going to happen, So, but you're supposed to strive for it. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So stop trying to fight on top of those battles. Stop trying to get on these hills, trying to make a point, trying to show that you are right and show your your intellect and how much knowledge you have and how bad they are, or I've heard people say how stupid they are, because they, they, they don't see, you know, I can't believe they're supporting LGBTQ. I can't believe a non-Christian company is supporting LGBTQ. I can't believe that this group is uh, um, supporting, um, you know, uh, pornography or this other group. 
you can you can say what you know like i can agree with you if you're gonna be like i'm not gonna support them fine but you're not gonna win christ if you're going out there trying to nail them on the cross for it that's not going to start conversations they're not going to be asking you to go why do you disagree with this view they're not going to be doing that however you can wish them peacefully well by any you can pray for them if you get to have conversation then you stand on that hill and defend you you defend your point it's, you know says the scripture to always be ready to defend the defend the truth defend the scriptures defend the bible be ready so learn and you learn your position. You learn where you're supposed to be in scripture. However, we're not supposed to be jumping and running trying to start things with people. That's why it says in verse 20, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome. Do not, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the whole point. If we're supposed to be peaceful, then we should not be overcome by evil. We won't allow it to have footing, right? Because it is built upon the idea that we're supposed to follow the qualifications that are in these scriptures. That's why in the beginning it says don't conform to the world. Because the world will not do all this stuff. And you've seen it. You've been treated badly by the world by doing things that are right. You've been treated bad by the world when you're trying to stand for your truth. Remember, they don't love Christ, so they're not going to be interested in you. That means every single show, movie, game, company that doesn't follow a biblical foundation is not going to stay quote-unquote biblically-like forever. And we could fight in ways like boycotting or not paying for a service or not playing for a game or walking away from, you know, a program that you've been supporting all these years. You could, you have every right to do that. And that's, that's your way of quote unquote fighting the point without actually destroying any bridges because you never know who's watching us and who's observing us. And they see, you know, Hey, I'm not going to buy anything Disney. I'm not going to watch any of their movies. I'm not going to. I'm not going to buy the streaming. Um, I am not going to let my daughter, you know, feel like she has to be like these people. That is your choice to do. And by standing for that, another family, another dad sees that you're doing that and asks, "Why did you do that?" And you can, if you know biblically where you stand and why you're standing on it, then you speak that truth. Then maybe he'll be like, you know what? I agree with you. I can see why that's wrong. And I will do the same. And you did that without hurting or destroying anybody to get your point across. Just think about that for a moment. That's a peaceful way to technically fight without creating a war. <laughs> Because the thing is, we were given the grace of Jesus, and we want others to discover that grace too. Because what happens if that guy that saw how you know how you took such a stand without going to Disney and writing a nasty letter about you know why it's disgusting and some of the stuff they do, or any company, 
but because you chose to kind of pull your kids away, pull, you know, pull, pull your family away from supporting such a view that you disagree with. What was if it's a non-believer watching? I learned that a lot in my, my one year at a union group that I was a part of for drafting. Every day, I would, you know, have either scripture going, sermons going, while I was drawing whatever I was drawing for the drafting. And people were watching. I didn't know that. People were watching. They watched how I reacted. There was one guy, like I've told you this before, every day he kept coming in, what are you doing? I said, I'm just listening to sermons or I'm listening to the Bible. Oh, you're looking at porn? And he would say that out loud for everybody to hear. And I'd be like, no, I'm not. And I don't appreciate you uh, saying that as if that's true. You either have something nice to say or you can leave. And he would do that like every day. I didn't think he did it for like three months. Every day at work. And if he skipped a day later on, he'd probably say something. You see, that's the thing. I didn't let that pull me into a fight with him. I didn't allow me to stand up and tell how awful he was for supporting the desire and his problems. However, we later on, I did actually have a interesting conversation with him, you know, times later. However, I, I don't think he, you know, fell in love with Jesus at the moment, but I think him watching how I and still treated him with love as much as he was trying to make try to break me down trying to hurt me it allowed me to show that type of love to him and it did affect him but then I didn't realize how it was also affecting other people especially when one guy who was a cr Christian but he wasn't walking like one he was enjoying his porn just as much but man when he put both his hands on the cross and surrendered it all he was like a walking light bulb for Jesus. Every time every guy would go into his office and come out, he would always remind him it was never too late. It's never too late. And they watched him. And I told you the story later on. I had two of the foremans come to me and tell me how they're taking one is taking his son to church, the other one's taking how he's taking his family to church. Because they saw the change in my friend, and they saw how I was acting, and it made them curious. And that's why. I think that verse up there in Romans 12 is very important to understand that don't do not do do not be overcome by evil overcome evil with good because the next section of verses is just as important Galatians 5:22 through 24 And yes we've talked about this before however this is very vital because I think if anything out of this whole podcast the, these three verses should be somewhere where you can see them all the time to remind you how we're supposed to act. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things there is no law. And then verse 24. And those who belong to Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That is the hope of, that is the hope, the peace of understanding, the peace of knowing that 
because of what Christ did, he crucified flesh side with its passions and its desires. We're no longer bound. However, we are not necessarily going to be fully sanctified until we're in heaven. We must understand that. But our desires should be for God. And I know how much we struggle with many of these over... <laughs> We're struggling in any of these areas. Usually it's because there is sin for one. You haven't been forgiving others. And that one reason why, where I see sin is a problem is you battle with self-control and it may not be just with the sin. It may be like sugar or drinking or maybe eating too much. Or maybe spending more time with a hobby instead of dealing with your family. Like there's a little bit of that self-control issue because you want to feed yourself. And that's that sin desire, that flesh desire that gets in. So they're saying, no, no, spend more time doing this. Why spend time with your wife? No, 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 do this. Why spend time with your kids? Your kids are annoying. Like all that stuff starts going through your head. And so you chase after things you want to do versus uh, responsibility or building relationships with your family. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy the hobbies but you gotta remember there's a line if it starts becoming your whole focus you're not making it an idol and it's getting in the way the other thing too is my one of the big ones especially in the united states happiness it's all about feeling happy feeling happy feeling happy get trying to get everything you can to make me feel happy and they choose that instead of joy because joy is being able to enjoy the things that we do get. But with understanding that it will never please us, like it will never be fulfilling. But the joy that we find in life is because we enjoy Christ. It all reflects, you know, our relationship with Christ is how we perceive things in our life. And then we also have to go down. We definitely have pride most of us are gonna have pride that's why being patient is hard that's why being kind is hard that's why being gentle is hard like you ever think about that like why why am i so why, why is it so hard for me to be gentle why am i never patient because there's that pride level in there because you want to keep control being patient and being gentle and being kind there's a form of i have to surrender things to be able to do it do those things showing goodness to people is a sacrifice of yourself being kind to someone else is a sacrifice of yourself being patient is a sacrifice of self being gentle is a sacrifice of self because what we do is we choose the flesh over God we choose the flesh desires over God's desires. Because we're not trying to please him, we're trying to please ourself. So the peacemaker's desire and why they're considered a child of God is because they have been saved in Christ. And they reflect the, the ideology of Christ in how they act, and that's what makes them a peacekeeper. Because they want to live their life for Jesus 
and they want to live a life that is loving, that shows joy, that has peace, that is very patient, that is kind, that shows goodness, that is faithful, that is gentle, that is that has self-control. Because that's what people will see in them. They will see maybe all those fruit or most of those fruit, but they will know that there's something different about you. And you're not seeking out to, to get on the battlefield and just attack everything you can in the so-called quote-unquote defense of the scriptures when you should be understanding that the world's not going to love Jesus. But yet, the connections you make with people, if they see that kindness towards others, that's going to pull them in. And then they're going to have to ask questions like, why are you like this? Why are you, why are you so different than most people I meet? How come you don't get angry when someone gets in your face like that? How come you respond the way that you do? How come you don't like use cuss words? How come you don't watch stuff that has like sex in it or to the cuss words? Because technically nowadays it's getting harder to stay away from zero cuss words because most shows have it. Um, why is it that you, you know, you go to this church thing on Sundays? Why do you always seem to want to hang out with people at church? Like, I thought it was just about, you know, sitting there. Like, you're going to start getting people asking more questions. Why? Because you're reflecting the fruits of the Spirit. So remember that. If you want to be a peacekeeper, take Galatians 5, through 24, and put every single one of those words in reminder of your mind over and over again. This is how I'm supposed to be. How can I be more loving to my wife and kids? How can I show joy in my life to, to not just my family, but to everybody who sees me? How can I be very peaceful? How can I tr be peaceful with people and not try to always win every fight? Not always try to win every fight. I, I struggle with that myself because um, there should be peace in your family. Um, I'm going to be better and show more patience towards my kids. I know they're growing up and it's hard, but maybe I can show more patience. Maybe at work, you know, the boss is annoying you or, you know, a guy like the guy every day coming to you, showing patience, showing kindness, showing goodness, showing faithfulness, showing gentleness, taking on self-control. Ask God to show you how to do it. This is your chance to become a peacemaker. A peacekeeper. Let's pray. Today, Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless this. I ask that you allow this message to make a difference in someone's mind and heart and how they view things in their life. Uh, get them to stop thinking peace is only about like no war, no problems, because we know that we're going to be going through tribulations and trials and struggles and illnesses and, and problems, Lord. It's just how we walk. We walk in Christ-likeness. We walk with uprightness. We walk with the desire to do your will over our own. To chase your desires over our desires. Lord, help any guy who's trying to figure things out in his life. Trying to get things right in his life. Struggling with sin, anger, maybe not forgiving, maybe anger... You know, abuse that's kind of taking control over his life. Let him break that chain. He doesn't know you, Lord, that today he'll repent and ask Jesus to be his savior and to cleanse him of all, on all of all unrighteousness and to walk with uprightness. 
Let him take that stand and know that he could trust you, Lord. Not have to be victim. I don't want to use the word use victim, but enslaved to sin. I pray, Lord, you start changing men's hearts today and any women that might be listening to. Let today be a good change for them. Let them walk with the fruit of the spirit as a cane or as a backpack or whatever it is of their life and not forget these things. Pray in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week and weekend ish. And I'll see you next time.